0: Hi everyone and welcome to the June 3rd, 2019 edition of the Colorful Plates Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Per usual, we have our weather update and market reports. We also spoke with Kathy Stephenson about her role at the USA Pear Bureau, what commission boards are, and how to use pears in the kitchen. We also have a big update this morning. Last week, Prague received word that a tariff had been proposed on all goods coming from Mexico. This concerning news would affect the approximately 345 plus billion dollars in goods that are coming across our southern border, and of course have detrimental outcomes on the landed cost of many fresh produce items that are grown in Mexico. Like other proclamations, we have no idea if this threat will be acted on, but we are working closely with our industry partners, including United Fresh, PMA, and the many growers who work in Mexico to speak clearly on authorities about the ripple effect this would have on the economy as our costs are passed down to consumers. Proact will make you aware of specific responses to this issue and keep you updated as the situation is fairly fluid at this point. Now, let's start with the weather and market reports. California is expecting warm temperatures with dry conditions. Mexico is experiencing cooler temperatures and tropical moisture in the central region and warmer and drier temps in the north. The southeast U.S. is expecting seasonal temperatures and rain across Florida. Let's talk about what's in peak season and market alerts. As for grapes, supplies are still light for both green and red, but harvests are improving quickly out of Coachella Mexico. Pricing has been much lower than last week for green grapes and should return to normal in another week or two for both. New Jersey, Michigan, and Canada are harvesting all sides of asparagus with good quality reported. Wrap three or four of these with bacon and stick it in the oven for 25 minutes for a great side dish to go along with your protein or as a seasonal appetizer. Plums are back. This will be the first week of harvest on domestic plums, so volume and size selections may be limited. The Market prices on plums are starting off on the high side, but we expect supplies to improve and market to adjust over the next two weeks. Quality is reported as being strong. Because it's the beginning of the season, plums won't be super ripe. Think about slicing it very thinly and adding it to a salad for a nice tang, or you can make a glaze. Cube the plums and boil with balsamic vinegar and honey until reduced. Put it on whatever protein you're using for the week. Pineapples are excellent right now with high sugar levels. It's time to bring back grilled pineapples to your menu. So that's it for peak season produce and market reports today. Be sure to check out the source provided weekly on ProAx website for an in-depth update on a multitude of commodities. Up next, we spoke to Kathy Stephenson from the U.S. Pair Bureau about all things pairs. So tell us a a little bit about your role at USA Pairs.
1: Right. In the organization, I work with um, the marketing side of our company. So I I work with agencies and public relations as well as buying advertising, our social media programs. I also work on just internal communication with our industry and making sure our industry knows everything we're working on and then... Uh, They participate in that process or amplify some of the things we do. So um, we're working on the consumer side as well as on food service, working with chefs and schools and colleges, et cetera, to try to add more pears to our the menu and more pears to our
0: diet in general. And how long has USA Pears been around?
1: USA Pears has been around. It's a brand that is supported by Pear Bureau Northwest. Pear Bureau Northwest has been hired by the Fresh Pear Committee, and that's a marketing order put forward by the Farm Bill every year. And that Farm Bill um, for USA Pears has been in existence since 1931. So we are the oldest marketing order that is out there in the industry um, we're really proud of that and it does suggest that we spend a lot of time trying to be innovative and push on technology and all the different um, opportunities we have to tell the grower stories and every year they, they approve us <laughs> we go through that process so it's an important um, acceptance by our grower community and that gives us a lot of pride too
0: give us a general idea of what the what commission boards are so everyone sort of has a basis. Because I, I don't think, if you're not in the produce industry, I don't think you really know what that is. So basically a commission, there are
1: several different kinds of it, but they are put together um, and they receive assessments from an industry. For instance, a state of California may have um, a milk commission. They may have an uh, almond board. Uh, They might have a strawberry commission and all of those are Um, basically speaking on behalf of those growers and you get basically pennies per box um, assessment that goes to those organizations to try to spread the word and then there are some commissions which are national there are actually about 17 marketing orders put forward by the USDA and we are one of them Uh, another one of them would be California walnuts which is in in um, we all know and love and actually we partner a ton (laughs) with so Um, California walnuts I love California (laughs) walnuts and they you know they pair well with pears so we love to love to participate with them so it like I I like to talk about the pear bureau and our brand um, really is an opportunity for a grower to tell their story they have 25 to 50 acres so individually they don't have the financial support um, well-being to be able to have a marketing program or to be able to um, go to New York City and talk to the media or um, work with um, organizations like Proact because individually they don't have the, the resources. But when we put our monies together, um, pennies per box, um, into an assessment and support a program like Para Bureau Northwest or some of the other commissions, then you have that critical mass that allows us to talk about all the ways to grow demand. And to get that message in front of consumers about health, in front of chefs about all the different amazing ways that we can um, serve a pair on their behalf, on yeah. the grower's behalf. So it's yeah. all for the grower, no matter what commission you're working with. Awesome.
0: Um, so, in what capacity does the does USA Pairs work with chefs? How, how do you work with them, and in what ways?
1: We um, do reach out to try to identify folks that are working with pairs, and then we'll highlight those and share them in the in the news. Uh, we also do some um, menu development on behalf of some national chains and regional chains, folks that we think pairs are going to tie up better with, um, you know, reach out to us. We are always looking for folks to bring a a development chef in with and try to play with the menu and find ways that pairs can be put on there. Uh, We personally, as an organization, I work with chefs across the country to um, go in and do events. Like even today, we were here at ProAct, and we um, had a local caterer, together a menu that had four or five different recipes using pears um, things like flatbread pizza or mousse um, we had a wonderful salad which is a little more typical way you're going to find pears um, but we also had a, a panini uh, pear cheese and um, a meat panini which is delicious so those are different things um, i'm out there across the country working with chefs to try to put those together for different events Um, We do have some development chefs that work with us to create recipes for food service as well as for the consumer too.
0: What are the challenges of educating chefs about pears and consumers? Because you educate both. Right, we're working
1: with both. Well, finding the best way to reach them is always the most important part. So we, we know what the messages are, but just the challenge is just reaching everyone we want to reach. So on the chef side, we will try to attend all the food service events. We will work with organizations like PROACT in order to try to um, reach through and provide educational information to um, chefs and folks that are in the operation. We also attend, um, some of the places are certainly schools or um, colleges and try to teach them how to ripen pears. The biggest thing in food service is getting, purchasing the right pear that's gonna fit the menu item consistently from a produce supplier is, is, is a challenge. Then the next step is getting it ripe. So pears are a cold storage item. When they're picked from the tree, they're unripe. And then they go through storage for the whole year until they are released and brought to you at the distributor. Once they hit the restaurant or the operation, then they need to be put at um, at room temperature. And often we think of apples, and because they're both tree fruit, we, we put them all into the refrigerator. And that's not the best thing for a pear. Pears need to start to ripen when they come out of the refrigeration. At room temperature, we like to open up the box, pull any plastic wrap that's there, get the air flowing, and get them up to temperature. And it may take two or three days for them to get there um, properly. So that's the biggest thing is to try to teach people how to ripen pears on the consumer side, it's the same thing. It's the same process. You go to the grocery store, they're hard as a rock. And, and sometimes you walk away from them because you're looking for a ripe pear. So we try to teach consumers that bring them home, put them on your counter, they're going to ripen beautifully. When we're at consumer events and talking face to face with consumers, and the same thing goes for chefs. When we're talking face to face and they taste how delicious a pear is that we're presenting and slicing, they'll say, literally, I can't get that pear that must be coming from some special secret place and I'll say I got it at the store I just pulled it out of the same produce wholesaler that you like to go to every day I and I flew into the market I bought a box off the shelf it's just that we ripen it properly and and the information for how to do that is available on our website whether that's usapears.org or foodservice.usapears.org, where you can learn how to ripen a whole box so um, that Once you learn how to ripen a box or even a pear on your um, counter, it just
0: amazing. There's nothing better than a ripe pear.
1: And I I, I don't like to disparage any other fruit, but I'll tell you that once you learn how to ripen it, you will have an amazing experience every time you eat a pear. I I don't have bad experiences anymore because I know how to tell when they're ripe. And that is to check the neck. You Mm -hmm. squeeze gently right at the neck, right by the stem, because they're gonna ripen from the center of the pear outward. Mm -hmm. And once it's soft, and I'll say to my liking, I like them a little more firm. I might leave a pear on my counter two more days until it reaches the point where my daughter likes it. So for menu, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to um, make a pizza, And put pears, I might want them a little more firm, so they hold their shape. If I'm going to put a pear in a smoothie, I want it to get a little more ripe and have all that sugar development. So as a chef, knowing how to check the neck, it solves so much for them too because they'll know how to um, order properly well in advance. Also, once it reaches the the texture or the ripeness that they want, they can refrigerate it Mm -hmm. for several more days. Mm -hmm. So ordering in advance, checking for ripeness – putting it in the refrigerator when it hits that point opens up your window for using pears significantly.
0: And it's talking about ripeness I mean you like you said they can be used at all in all different applications so if you learn how to ripen a pear pizza harder pears are better on pizza softer pears are better on in a smoothie or whatever it may be so you can plan your menu within a week and use the same product but in different applications. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, Yeah. it's
1: really true, you can get that same box. And that is an issue for a smaller operation to go through a box of pears. But oftentimes we'll see um, chefs where they will use it seasonally. So maybe when Bartlett's come back in the the late fall or early fall, September, October, it's an exciting time to put a Bartlett on the menu. They're back. Um, Make sure to put the Bartlett name on there Mm because that variety um, adds some appeal to your menu. So, yeah, go ahead and menu pears across um, several different applications. Maybe make a pizza. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe use it in a cocktail, you know, Mm -hmm. or a mocktail, a kid's drink, and make a puree out of it once it gets super ripe. Yeah. And if those pears turn too ripe, do that you know put them into a puree and then add them to some specialty drinks or something so yeah that's an
0: excellent opportunity yeah awesome so where are you seeing pears on menus lately where, what are the most prominent I don't know are you seeing in smoothies pizzas salads anything abnormal that you're seeing that's kind of a surprise and where pears are showing up
1: I would say Beverages have been a huge uptick. Uh, There's not a day goes by that I don't get a Google alert about some tavern somewhere in the country that's putting a pear puree into some specialty drink. So Mm -hmm. certainly cocktails is a big place. There's a lot of wonderful pear brandies or um, Mm -hmm. pear-infused cocktail drinks. And then um, a puree or a slice of pear is an amazing... um, garnish yeah so we're seeing a lot of that Uh, it goes well with a lot of spices and a lot of flavor and it probably gives
0: the it probably gives the cocktail a little bit of texture Texture. too yeah Yeah. some
1: mouthfeel yeah there's no question so that's a big thing yeah um smoothies has been a growth item too and Mm -hmm. again for me i i get it because personally a banana is overwhelming but you put in a pear and you get that same sweetness that you might get from a ban- banana without having to add honey
0: or sugar. And it's there. It's and just it's there. It's subtly, it's doesn't, like on the foundation and you you taste yeah. it and it's great. It, but doesn't, it doesn't overwhelm. overwhelm.
1: Yeah. yeah, there's no question. Yeah. Um, and then pizza. I, and I got to repeat it. Pizza has been a really big opportunity in sandwiches. We know that um, salads and desserts are the two easiest things for people to expect to see mm-hmm. a pear. And those have been part of the menu mix for an awful long time. A yeah. pear salad with, I mean, come on, it's walnut and blue cheese. That mm-hmm. is just the quintessential pear salad. So um, to see pizza and some of these other opportunities, we do need to come up with a name for the pear pizza. And so I recommend anyone that has that figured out, give me a call. So <laughs> It's not the Hawaiian, maybe yeah. it's the Northwest pizza, but oh, we man, have to get yeah. the word pear in there somehow. I'm going to mull over that for a it's, while now. It's, it's an amazing <laughs> flavor combination with Arugula and some
0: cheese of some. Oh, is it just oh, delicious! Yeah. 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 Thanks, Kathy, for your insight into the pear world. All right, guys, that's all for this week. Thank you, Kathy Stephenson, for being here, and thanks for listening. Have a great week. Remember to subscribe on iTunes and Google Play, and as always, stay fresh.